Welcome to another edition of Lens Burning Bush. I am Len Harvey. Before I bring on my guest, I want to talk about what's really burning my bush this week. So, you know, I talked uh, in previous episodes about uh, don't rush my summer. It's evident. You know, I did a hashtag don't rush my summer. So this falls, no pun intended, into what really bothers me this time of the year. So I saw pictures and a store display for Halloween candy. And, you know, this is not a knock on the candy business because there is not anybody that I don't love more, anything rather, that I don't love more than candy. Um, But what I don't understand, um, and I think it should be all year round, but what I don't understand is who in the heck is buying Halloween candy in August and saving it for Halloween? You don't save any money getting it earlier, right? The only thing I can figure is that it does get eaten before and actually with the need to get back to the store. So I saw some articles on this exact issue and selling Halloween candy in August may come with other advantages, right? You know, early gift purchases for holidays are generally hidden away and uh, until they're unwrapped by the recipient, right? And then anyone buying Halloween candy two and a half months in advance might be tempted to do it long or dig in long before October 31st. And again, the retail industry, they want you to come back and buy it more and more and more and more. So I, I, again, the Halloween candy thing, I don't get it. Uh, There's a lot of things that I don't get. And the good news is that I'm going to bring on my guest um, this week, longtime friend, former coworker, Tina Servasio, whose Twitter bio says she's the lead sports anchor for Fox 5 in New York, host of Sports Extra. She does just about everything. She's on Army football, CBS Sportsnet. I love the fact that, Tina, you put love God, family, and the Terps. I think that's awesome. Maryland, of course, you know, you're the most famous. I talked about this. You're the most famous <laughs> Maryland uh, alumni, but uh, we didn't talk about Scott Van Pelt and Bonnie Bernstein, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> Tim Kirchin, there's there's quite a few that uh, would or uh, please Boomer Esiason. There's, yes, there's quite a few that um, would be way above me on that list. Oh, I know. Thank but, you, Lenny. I appreciate. Uh, well, it. you know, I, I you know I love you. It's been it's been like 20 years. We used to do the New Jersey Red Dog games, um, and we talked about a trip to Niagara Falls that we did. That was fun when we did Buffalo games. Those arena football yes. games were outstanding. I know you do a lot more now. Uh, but was it as much fun as what we did back in those days in the 2000s? Oh, it was just different, especially because I thought I was I was starting my career, so everything was new and fresh. But we had such a great friendship. Uh, you and I, we would go like sightseeing, whatever it was. If there was a a local amusement park, we did the Niagara yeah. Falls thing, which I have pictures still, and I just remember laughing so hard that day. And you and I used to always go for brunch. Yes. So we would hit the breakfast bars, oh. whether it was like a Holiday Inn or Marriott, whatever, wherever, or if we found like a local place that was famous. But this was long before we can like pop out Google Maps or any apps on our phone. No. So we would just either know about it or ask at the front desk. But we had so much fun. And you know, Lenny, fun fact, in order for, for me to sort of get to be working with CBS sports. It started like this backdoor thing. Um, I got a phone call one day from the arena football league in the summer. Actually it was the winter of 2016 and they were really trying to amp up their broadcasting, um, try to you know, just, you know, kind of give the league a shot in the arm. They had only, they never folded. They only took one year as a hiatus. This, this league was like 25 years old. It was unbelievable called me up. I ended up doing arena football games in 2016 for ESPN, then CBS Sports Network. Then uh, because of that, I worked my way into a regular job at CBS Sports Network doing 
college uh, football and basketball sideline reporting, as well as hosting for We Need to Talk. I'm one of the panelists on that show. So arena football, again, gave me a shot in the arm in my career. I started my career on, on radio and TV doing arena football. And then I had this opportunity later on to advance me into a national network. So it's all about arena ball. You're forgetting one important thing in your life. Oh, no. You met, you met Kevin <gasps> in arena football, and he's going to be very upset. He's sleeping right now, but he's going to be very upset. Kevin McKierney, her husband, uh, a long time now. How long have you guys been married now? We will be married 16 years this November. All right. Well, see, 16 mm-hmm. years, and you met during the time with arena football. that He was working That's- for the New Jersey Red Dogs. Yep, he was right. in the public relations department, and we became really good friends. Um, and then we remained friends when the team sold ownership, and we stopped broadcasting, and he like, lost his job because they cleaned house. We remained really good friends, um, especially because I was working for a publishing company near where he had lived at the time. So we would meet for dinner and stuff. We ended up dating, and we got married. Next thing you know, <laughs> Jed's a millionaire, and they packed up the truck, right? Awesome. Oh, my God, yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's get back to the Halloween candy. So. Just wanted to find out any, I mean, I just want to know who's buying this candy and keeping it for Halloween. Well, first of all, wouldn't it go bad? Yeah, I would think. And I mean, unless you live in Alaska or keeping it in a cold space, that stuff's going to melt too, right? Because you're buying it in August, just getting it home, it can melt in the car. Um, Yeah, I've tried that before. Forget it. I've tried that on October 25th. Yeah. And it doesn't make it till the 31st. No, I mean, I, I buy, I, I love that. I buy mine on October 30th. And, and again, I, I have nothing against the candy industry. I know they want to oh. make a buck. I love That's candy. I will eat it every day if I could. But, you know, I'd be 500 pounds. Um, but but at the Me same too. token, I love it. And I don't, but this again, I, on this show, I always raise my hand. I don't understand. And this is one thing that has been every year in my life where I see the display for Halloween. I understand the costume thing. I do understand that. Putting that out early, I can understand because you got to get a good costume for the kids. And and with this whole pandemic thing now, you know, um, we're all wearing wearing masks anyway now. So we might as well, right? We might as well do Halloween (laughs) all the time. Um, But yeah, but I I just, again, I don't understand why you would buy Halloween candy. And the only thing I could think of is people are buying it, eating it, buying it, eating it. And then. So you buy more. Buying more. And that's. You have to get ahead. And I think now, especially out of the pandemic, the way people were hoarding toilet paper and Lysol wipes and hand sanitizer, we're like in this hoarding mode. So maybe, God forbid, we all have to shut down or certain cities have to shut down again in October because that's when they're saying the second wave is going to happen. People are starting to hoard their Halloween candy just in case they can't buy it October 20th. Well, you know, it's funny. I was going to go in a different direction, but you had (laughs) just swayed me into the segue. This is a perfect segue because I was going to talk about this hoarding of the toilet paper right i have finally found out who this was that was hoarding the toilet paper i hope uh, you 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 would you would know this from the movie halloween you would also know this from trading places you would know that the legendary jamie lee curtis apparently so she was on with uh, james corden who does the carpool karaoke pretty good pretty very funny guy he um he, she said on The Late Show that apparently she has a huge obsession, what she calls acquiring toilet paper. A huge really? obsession. Um, which I, again, I didn't it's understand. It's got a scientific medical name. So here's, yeah. yeah, here's what's funny, though. She says, she claims that she's a really calm person normally and good in emergencies, but this particular thing undid her. This was, the, this was what put her over the edge. Not okay. getting enough toilet paper. I don't know. I don't understand... <gasps> So oh, I could imagine. So when she couldn't get it, 
Yeah. She really had issues. Exactly. So this is kind of interesting. Jamie Lee Curtis, who, you know, legendary. Uh, oh, actress, she's, yeah. uh, you know, obviously her uh, Janet Lee, right? The the whole Psycho movie. Yeah. Her father's oh, Tony she, Curtis, right? I mean, pretty famous. She, yeah, she's uh, and, know, and she's still doing a, those uh, yogurt commercials. I don't know. Uh, yogurt. Uh, I haven't seen that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I do see her. On that. But, you know, there was a there was a very good theory as to why we needed it wasn't even just the hoarding but during the the lockdowns the quarantine stay at home everybody had a different term for it in every state we were shelter in place for a while um there was a theory behind why we needed all the toilet paper because we usually spend our days whatever hours you work i work weird hours you yeah. know radio television i you know i leave for work at 4 30 in the morning whatever your work day is eight hours 12 hours 14 hours you spend those hours Going to bathroom at work. And <laughs> I never thought of that. And using the toilet paper there. Oh. So now at home, you've got, you know, 8, 12, 10, 14 extra hours at home every day because you were home for 24 hours for about four months. So you needed all that toilet paper now. Oh, look at this. Yeah, See, science. this is. Science. I love the <laughs> fact that and each week Dr. I learn. <laughs> I love it. That science. is a science. <laughs> she blinded me with science here with the toilet paper. And this is a, so that's, that's a great. That's why we needed it. Okay. But did we yeah. need to go to Costco and buy two, three, four big <laughs> things, rolls of Scott or whatever? I mean, I finally was able recently to go buy more and, you know, I've run right. out a little bit. Then, but Then it was like the whole, you know, buy, you're only allowed to buy one pack of like six so my husband and I, this is terrible, we'll probably get arrested for me saying this now. We would go to the store together and shop separately so we could get oh, the yeah. bags. And like pretend we didn't know each other in the stores. Like, I don't know that dude. Yeah, I don't know, know that dude. got the same last name, but I, I don't know him. He might be, you know. Yeah. Uh, but just so you know, that gets done all the time. So don't don't oh, think. Okay. You, <laughs> th that is not uh, anything that you should be ashamed of. Speaking, oh, so smart. speaking of being ashamed of, okay. So apparently Aunt Becky is now auditioning for the real new reality show Orange is the New Black. Uh, she and her husband uh, are apparently going from full house to the big house. And that was thanks to Glenn Shuck, by the way. Friend of mine, I don't know if you know Glenn, but yes, he I does know Glenn. from Wins. He he tweeted that yesterday and I thought that was like priceless, you know, from That's very crazy. you know, yes. from the full house to the big house. So, it yeah. all stems from, you know, fixing their daughter's admission to USC. Now, what I don't understand here they paid like 500 grand, right? To to, yeah. to, to to bribe. Are their kids that stupid? Is that what it is? I mean, you're just ashamed of That's them? A, you're right. That's a, it a doesn't lot of make money. any sense. Would you ever, let's put it this way. I, even if I had $20 million in the bank, which I don't, unfortunately, right. but even if I had $20 million in the bank and my kids were just an embarrassment and they weren't going to be able to get into school on their own, I would tell them to go to trade school, like do something. Go to or community like college. Flunks, like somewhere where you're not going to flunk out. You yeah. lose transfer there. Like what? So now she's, I mean, I don't even know how the kids' grades were. But like if you can't get in, that means you're not qualified to be studying there. Can you stay in? Right. And so that maybe there was like additional bribes too. That I don't know. That whole thing was just bizarro world. Just it, to get into. And it wasn't like, no, no, nobody had issues with Ivy League schools, right? It was all like USC, UCLA, right? It was yeah. like those yeah, I mean, you can get into those anyway, yeah. couldn't you? I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. So the, how, that just proves to me how stupid they were. See, I think they'll the, take your money. Yeah. Same thing at Maryland. Yeah. It's so much easier for like an out-of-state person to get into Maryland because they're going to take your money. Uh, you know of course. what I mean? Like it's more expensive. It's harder for the in-state students to get. It. It's hard. I, I don't know if I would be able to get into Maryland today if like 
I handed the resume I had in, you know, when I was a senior in high school many, many moons ago. Because uh, it is getting harder, but, like, I, I just don't understand that whole thing. And I get it, like, with, a, like, a lot of Ivy League kids, their parents, they kind of grandfather the kids in, so maybe their SAT scores aren't quite as – but they're not bribed because you're paying anyway. Right. Like, $500,000. I don't know. The, the kids had to be pretty stupid. So here's how I would fix this yeah. whole situation. I would not put the parents in jail because the parents are just trying to do what what is. But the kids, the stupid kids, should be going to jail. Those because are if you did your yeah, work. You yeah, would have got yeah, in. Anyway. Yeah, you don't need your parents. Like the parents need That's that. This is my argument through this whole time is the way people parent. I really have a problem with the putting the kids in the bubble and making them not be able to to go out on their own they don't know how to do laundry they don't know everybody does the things for them you you know as well when you're out in the real world you need a lot of help so i would say instead of the 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 two months that Lori lachlan is going to jail um i would say the kids should have to spend two months in jail and also provide um maybe learn a little bit of a lesson on how it is to really work because i don't think the kids have learned anything from this no because if they had done their work in high school and studied and did well on their entrance exams, they would have gotten in. So they put their parents through the hell already. Yeah. The embarrassment of, bri- you know, doing the bribes, the embarrassment of asking people. Like, that's really all embarrassing if you're a parent and you have to do that, like you said, <laughs> with, like, USC. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I think so, the kids should go to that. That, that would be better. Aunt jail. Becky, yeah. let, let's have a thing. Free Aunt Becky. And she shouldn't go to jail. The kids need to go to jail. And it's funny yes. because the... Look the what ju- your major parents yes. do. So the judge, interestingly enough, uh, made a comment uh, at the sentencing, which was kind of interesting. He told uh, Lachlan that she had a fairy tale career as an admired, successful professional actor, two healthy children, and a longstanding marriage, and more money than you can possibly need. And yet you stand before me as a convicted felon, he said, and for what? For the inexplicable desire to have even more. It's never enough, Tina, is it? Wow. Never that enough. Is, I mean, that's a crime there right in yeah. itself. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be like, a, you know, an actual, like, yeah, that is real, the desire for more. I think, oh, here I get all serious again. Oh. Um, not again. I haven't gotten serious. No, yet, no, no, you're good. We've learned a lot. I think we've learned a lot about that. Again, silver lining in the yeah. pandemic. We don't need as much as we maybe had. Like, it was just, it was nice. We, Like, I used to go to so many and I did charity events. Don't get me wrong. Charity's right. But so many, but you're paying like a thousand dollars a plate for these events or you're going shopping in other pair of shoes. I bought since April or since we were locked down in March, I bought one pair of shoes, not one item of clothing. We don't need as much as we were going, like whether it was going out or buying clothes or I think we learned a lot of that in all this. And that is a, a very good example. Those are some powerful words from that judge. Yeah. Well, it's true because yeah. we all, like, in the whole thing going, why do you think Costco and Sam's and all these stores bulk? Because we need, I mean, if you ever watched the, the Seinfeld episode when he buys the beefaroni, when Kramer buys the beefaroni, and, and it's like you're buying bulk because, it, oh, my God, it's two ninety nine. <laughs> Because yeah. you can. Yeah. Yes. And we just, it's, yes. we're just, yeah. we just too much, too much. It's just, much, it's yeah. just crazy. So a couple of good things happened through this whole thing. First of all, I wanted to mention that Lachlan had to pay another $150,000 fine and her husband had to pay two fifty. He's going to prison for five months. She's going for two. I guess 
he was oh, more. Know he got that long. Yeah, yeah, he got five months. So I'm sure they're not going to do any hard time. Oh, please, they're, no, yeah. But they should do a reality show with Aunt Becky going to prison. I think that would be fun. Um, I actually enjoyed Lori. I enjoyed Fuller House. I I've yep. always enjoyed Lori Loughlin, and I, I think the John Stamos thing, the chemistry with the two of them is fantastic. And that is it's not fun. just. Uh, there's something there. I know there is. So it's, it's, I'll just say that. Um, <laughs> but anyway, she's got to do community service. So he's got to do 250 hours of community service. And uh, she's got to do 100 hours of community service. I think they should get rid of the jail term and they should do more. They should have to work at a soup kitchen. They need, you know, the jail is, I don't think they're going to learn anything um, yeah. going to jail anyway. Not there. They're already embarrassed. Yeah. They're already out all that money. Um, yeah. Things have been taken from them, right? Yeah. So make you're right doing that work and then you're actually creating something whether it's feeding a person or cleaning a place that needs something helping the homeless with all this stuff with this pandemic out on the streets yeah yeah it's exactly so and that's man manpower so some of the good things that have happened through this pandemic apparently um so dennis quaid the actor i don't know if you saw this story but dennis quaid uh found out that there was a shelter in virginia that named a cat a six-year-old cat dennis quaid so, so he decided with all this, because the cat was named after him, that he would adopt the cat. So he picked up the cat in Virginia. So a, a feel good story during this whole thing, Dennis Quaid. So, so we go from one extreme to the other. We have a, a one obsessed with fame and, and, you know, yeah. making more and, and the gluttony of society. And then we've got Dennis Quaid who, you know, I, I've enjoyed his acting over the years. I yeah, mean, he's not, like uh, He's not Brando, but he's good. I mean, Dennis Quaid, right? But it's always an entertaining movie. Yeah. Yes. No, I like Dennis Quaid a lot. Actually. Yeah. Ex oh, that's a really cool story. Yeah. So, I love cats. I have two cats. Yeah. Well, so now Dennis Quaid has a Dennis Quaid cat. So that's interesting. So he keeps, <laughs> he, you think he keeps the name? Come here, Dennis. Come here, Dennis. Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> I come think here. So. Come I here. Think so. Do cats even come any? I mean, I don't even understand. Like, my, my cats are dogs. They yeah. do come to their names. They, mine know their names. They do. It is, must be because we feed them often or cuddle them often when we call their names but it is creepy how they know their names and wow. there's two we'll call one cat and that one cat will come well that's interesting i didn't know that could happen we have a cat in our house and it's kind of uh, i always find it interesting i've always been a dog person um and my wife works as a vet tech which says that we've always had oh, pets through the whole yeah. time and of course we've got a we've got a cat we've got a dog we got a turtle we got you know it's a there's never a, a, a not an animal in our house but one of the Small things zip. about cats that I find interesting is like I, I've always said I don't like an animal with a worse attitude than I have. I mean, it's just interesting. Cats just seem to be like they could be not bothered. They'll they'll swing at you from when you know you go pat them and they're they're you know the paw on you and they're. I mean, I know that's I guess that's love, but uh, but enough right. already. You know, I'm, I'm like you know it's just I'm not a I've never been a cat I, person. I I I will take in cats and we of course you know I'm yes. but uh, it's just not my bag. I love that about a cat. Like, yeah. I'll walk by. Like, my cats are very loving and cuddly, though. And I've lucked out. I had another cat for 17 years that passed away. So, but I didn't grow up with animals because my dad was allergic. So then oh. finally, after college, got my first cat. But um, I think it's hysterical how one minute they could be cooing and purring and cuddling up and nuzzling your face and you feed them and they sit with you and they need you. And then, like, the next, like, 30 seconds later, you could walk by them and you're they get that little swat. <laughs> yeah. I like the, you know, the independence of saying, well, now I can't. And they're actually probably mad at you because you're walking away, but they show it. Um, but my cats are pretty funny. Yeah, they'll go from one minute to the next. And then when they're mad at us, both of them do this. And it's very interesting. 
they turn their, like they'll go walk away and they will turn their bodies and we call it the butt. Like they give us the butt, like they will ignore us and they'll, you know, their butt will be towards us and their tail will be fun. Like, you know, don't bother me. Here's my butt. Look at it because I don't want to look at you. We get the butt often. Well, getting the butt, that's interesting. So the, <laughs> I, I always think that they're looking at a cat that they're planning my murder. Like that's what oh, it, 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 it just, yeah, it just yeah. seems that way. So, you know, yeah. interestingly enough, but they're, they they're, uh, you know, animals are wonderful and it helps and it helps <laughs> us during this whole uh, pandemic because everything yeah. is just crazy. I mean, you cover sports, apparently the Mets and the Yankees were supposed to play this weekend and uh, that's not happening because of COVID. Mm, two it, positive tests. Yeah. I, are we going to, I mean, with football coming up, I, I'm going to be high school football is happening in Ohio and I happen to do elder uh, football. We're going to do a game next Friday, which is good. Um, first game of the year. They had some uh, scrimmages last night. But is the NFL going to run into this kind of issue the same as baseball? I think yes, because of one reason, one particular reason, the travel. And I have my own theory. Um, it's not science, but it is because it's. I love it. Team. I love it. You've got like this science degree <laughs> from Maryland, don't you? I Secretly. Because, I love it. Because the Mets, I have because I've been to Mets practices now when i'm in a mets practice i'm in the mezzanine and that i mean the mets were so strict about their social distancing and their protocols and and they put a mets employee with you to make sure you're sanitizing and making sure let me just decline this call uh making sure we're and we're like a hundred yards away from the players but on the field we watch those players and i watch general manager brody van wagon and like yelling at his million dollar players you know like Hey, get apart, separate, do what, you know, sanitize. They were, and Luis Rojas meticulous about how he's running this team. They were really abiding by the rules. And another thing, and as you could see it on TV in the games, the Mets separate in the dugout. They go sit in the auxiliary dugout behind in the stands, guys that aren't playing that day, or maybe there's a switch, they're done for the day. They go sit away. There's another team in New York that doesn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> here's how I think the oh, Mets Yankees. Got, yeah. <laughs> here's how I think the Mets got these positive tests in season. A, they went to Florida for the first time, hot bed. Yeah. They didn't go out like the Marlins. The Marlins and Indian players, I mean, there's proof they went out and there's admission. I think they got it through the air conditioning system because the entire hotel is not the Mets. They're not bubbled. There are people that go home at night that work there, the people that work in the hotel, whether it's the general manager or, you know, the person that comes and cleans the room, no matter who it is, people are in and out. Yes, you're wearing masks. You take that off for a fifth of a second in the bathroom. Maybe it goes out through the air conditioning system, whatever the ventilation, the airflow. I'm telling you because the Mets were good. They were, you know, consistent and vigilant about their protocols and they're in the hotbed, Florida. And they're, you know, they're following the rules. They're in hotels. I think that's maybe not. This is not proof, but that's just me saying that's how it's happened. And that's what opens the door to the NFL. Oh, you know, you've got Miami, you've got Jacksonville, you've got Tampa Bay. We're talking radios right now. Who, you know, people are going to be traveling there. There's other hotbeds throughout the country. Obviously, it changes constantly. Um, and then you compare baseball right now. And you compare it to the NF, uh, excuse me, NBA, NHL, and also Major League Soccer. Yes, when NBA players and when uh, MLS players came into their bubbles, there were positive tests because they were bringing it from home or they were bringing it from the airplanes. But once they got in, once they 
you know, got rid of the, the virus or were sent home. Two teams didn't even play in Major League Soccer. They were tuning. They were like, get out. Then there was zero, zero tests. Yeah. Once it was, you know, the true quarantine, the true bubble, nobody got it again. They are still there. I think there's six weeks now in the NBA. Same thing. And the NHL's playing where there's low, low, low cases. They're in Toronto where there's like two positives in the whole major city. So um, the bubble works. And yeah. that's why the NFL and Major League Baseball are considering a postseason bubble so they don't have to cancel games like this. I think teams, just like baseball, I think there's going to be NFL teams that lose games in a 16-game yeah. season. I think it's going to happen. And they do have the leeway with the bye week, no Pro Bowl. There's going to be that leeway and the bye week into the Super Bowl. So you do have three like holes that they could fill these games in with. So we'll see what happens. But I, I think there's going to be that situation at least a couple times. Now, it's funny. Or you two, Yeah. Sorry. You know, go ahead. Two teams have to can't. Or the two, yeah, where they just have to cancel or postpone a game to a Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday, whatever. Yeah. And it's we'll funny say. you mentioned about the ventilations because I, yeah. I thought that as well. But what amazes me is people fly on airplanes now and they must have a better system with the ventilation on the plane. So if they yeah. have been able to figure this out, why can't a hotel ventilation be similar to that type of ventilation. But again, it's such a confined area on a plane that it's not in a hotel and that's where it is. Right. I mean, it's just, yeah, that's yeah. And well, I, I do know cause my girlfriend is, um, her husband is a pilot and they've upped the ante. Now they've always had air purifiers. Yeah. So sometimes you do get sick on a plane, but it's usually like the, you know, yeah. the flu today, the person next to you, but air wise, actually it's not as bad as you think it is. And because it is purified, but they've like really upped the purification because of COVID. And then sometimes with a hotel, it's expensive because you think how big the space is. Yeah. So how big the air ventilation has to be. That's what I, you know, I could be totally wrong. Oh. But this is my theory. <laughs> well, and, and that's a good theory. And one of the things that I've been saying all along with uh, the, the college sports, so obviously the Big Ten, all these oh, schools, the, right? Yeah. We're, we're, clo- we're, we're basically shutting it down, right? I don't understand that. And, and one of the things uh, I would say that a lot of these kids – you couldn't be safer. Like, there's no safer place than being, like, at Ohio State playing football with all the medical staff. They've got better medical staffs in some countries mm-hmm. at Ohio State. I mean, let's face it. You and I are not safe walking out, going to Home Depot, going to Lowe's, putting the mask on, even putting the mask on. We don't know if that's even working, right? You and I are not mm-hmm. safe. So these kids, when they're playing, if they – you know, if they do, obviously it's going to be hard to do a bubble, but they're going to do as close as they can. So I say they might even be safer playing than they are not playing. What are your thoughts on that? Here's the issue with the students. The hanging out in the dorms and the partying. Like, so the other kids that aren't athletes, they're just not, they're not, you know, like an NFL player that has a $30 million contract. He's going to go to practice. He's going to go home. He's afraid for his wife and kid. They're going to stay in their own sort of kind of bubble where, you know, an 18-year-old, that's been the issue at Syracuse. That was the issue at Clemson. Maybe they got it under control. Maybe these kids aren't going to get as sick. But now we're starting to hear of a couple of young college players, and I won't say the schools because I'll get them wrong, but somebody has a heart condition who did have COVID. He wasn't brutally sick, but he did have, you know, like a bad flu, high fevers, coughing. But he wasn't like he needed a respirator. Like, he felt like crap. But he, but now they're saying he's got, like, arrhythmia and this, you know, inflammation and this disease of the heart. And 
And the same thing as the, the Red Sox player, his name's escaping me right now, it'll come to me. Yeah. But um, so that's what I think the problem is with college. Now, with the service academies, Army, Navy, Air Force, they live in a bubble anyway. Yeah. So they've always been in the bubble. All they've taken, and they, you know, they've taken away their rights. But, I mean, these kids are serving our country and they are getting an education out of it. Um, and they're going to get good jobs out of it, too. They, uh, they're just not allowed. They, they've lost, like, the weekend privileges. So they're not allowed off campus. But if, it, if that's to prevent the spread of COVID, prevent yourself from getting it, they're abiding by it. And look, I mean, they're going through boot camp and all that. It's easy for them to say, okay, I won't go for pizza or to McDonald's, you know, in, at West Point this weekend. So that's why it's going to work for them. Yeah. But it's not, I, I could see, and I see how some, you know, ACC, they're full steam ahead, but it, it's going to, there's going to be problems. And, but on the same token, crushes me. Big 10. Yeah. I went to Maryland. I know. You know, I mean, it crushes me that they have to do this. I don't know. And, then, you know, and then they're saying, like, you know, we just don't know. So here. So October might roll around and then you have the ACC and the SEC playing great. They're playing each other. You know, a couple yeah. tests here or there. Like, what has the Big Ten going to feel then? There's going to be lawsuits. It, I, I, it's, it's I, all a mess. I think it's a tough decision either way to make. Yeah. Um, I think they made it a little too early. I think they might have been yes. able to wait. I, th- I've been saying that a long time. I mean, you could have gone into September – and said, you know what, let's just postpone. They play too early anyway. Yeah. I've always said that yeah, August is now. not, because that's when kids get, I mean, the heat exhaustion and, you know, we shouldn't be playing in the heat Start of. Start three, yeah. three weeks later. You can still get some of your bowl games in. Oh, it's a, and, three, yeah, because they have the big layoff for, yeah. They should have started the end of September, right. which is like Rice and a couple places are doing that. Yeah. They've kind of shifted their schedule. They're like, we're not going to start till September 29th or whatever that last Saturday is compared to the first Saturday, the last Saturday in August. Yeah. Exactly. They could have done a lot better with that. It's it's yeah. just interesting. And you mentioned about the military. So my son is in the Air Force Reserve and oh, he goes cool. to school. But but now he is actually a training at Langley Air Force Base. So okay. he is he he's is there quarant- now. He's sort of quarantined. So yeah. he's sort of yep. quarantined, although he's staying, yep. which is interesting, uh, off base a little bit, but close okay. enough. So yeah. it's uh, but so from there to base, there that's to base. Exactly. And that's it. Yeah. But but again, you know, there's the chance that you run into somebody, right? When you're off base, it's kind of, Never in, yeah. Know. But getting gas. I mean, somebody talked about that. They were talking about um, like the Mets, you know, yeah. like they, you could follow protocol, but you got to fill your car with gas. You're driving from your house, you know, on Long Island or Flushing, oh. get some gas. You don't know, you know, and, and well, in New Jersey, we can't do yeah. our own gas. Right. So but, it's still like the exchange with the credit card. Or opening that, you know, if you don't wear your mask or just, you know, grabbing that because I get my gas in the city a lot in New York City, just grabbing that gas handle. Is that how maybe a player got it? We will never know. No, and I don't think anybody really knows. Yeah. I think they don't know the mask is working. They don't know if it's not. Um, yeah. It's it's just interesting that we're six months in about and we still don't have a clue. And, it you know, <laughs> governors are coming out like our governor here in Kentucky has said, you know, they don't want in-person schools till September 28th, but right. Catholic schools have gone back to school. Our schools here are going to do online until September 28th, which mm-hmm. um, I don't know. How do they know September 28th is going to be any better? I, I really don't know. I mean, Because here it's said to get worse when it gets colder. Yeah. Because that's when the, the, the flu, flu season, season starts. Yeah. So the flu could carry the COVID and then it's a whole hot mess. I, I it it has been an utter mess. I don't yeah. understand it. Um, I don't think we're going to find a cure right away. Um, no, it's, it's a while. We're going to have to, yeah. So, but it's it's the things we ponder and think about. Uh, and of course, 
you want the kids to celebrate Halloween, and that's really, you know, all that, right? Yeah, it's it's been so a shame for them. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's going to be maybe a lot of what parading down the street and waving. I mean, no, I, I don't. Giving, I've talked about that, I Tina. I, yeah. I hate the parade thing. I hate it. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've had an episode. I just don't. I don't. I never liked the birthday parade Which thing. I was like, I feel bad for the little kids. Yes. My niece and nephew. I don't have children. My niece and nephew, though. Oh, and I love, I, I trick or treat with them because yeah. I love Halloween. So here comes, you know, their crazy aunt in their mid 40s dressed to the nines for Halloween because that's how I am. <laughs> yeah. My kids, of course, are done with Halloween now. They're older. But I remember going out with them and, and bringing a wheeled cooler to go around trick or treating. Oh and and yes. at the end of the night, I'd be taking my daughter or son on the, on the wheeled cooler, but I'd be passing out drinks to the, uh, to pe- the, to the adults, right? And that's kind of what I did when I started handing out candy the last couple of years. We awesome. we give out because the parents, you could see a parent who is oh, just the, the perplexity on their face and they're just exhausted and they're taking these little kids around yeah, yeah. and they're walking and it's like, oh, God, I, I've been there, right? That is a great idea. Yeah, handing out drinks to the parents because we need to drink. I mean, I, I think that I've been talking about this through this whole pandemic uh, mm-hmm. and, and make sure you have enough alcohol. That's, the, that's what would worry me if we ran out of alcohol. Right. Yeah. So, you know what I did? A friend of mine. So we were talking about Italy and traveling to Venice and all that earlier. Um, A friend of mine and I another. Oh, Meredith Morocco, who is the Yankees reporter. I love her. Love her. We're colleagues. Um, So she same thing. She was in Italy right before I was the week before. So we wanted to support the the Italian economy, just like, you know, we're supporting the American economy because we're, you know, food shopping and buying alcohol all the time. And um so we contacted our friend that we had met at a uh, Enoteca, Principessa Enoteca in Bellagio, a little wine shop. And we bought a case of wine. We shared the case. We bought a case of wine from Italy. He gave us 20% off on the wine. He couldn't give us a discount on the shipping. But of we're course like, not. That's yeah. all right. And we bought wine. And yeah. it came in. And we were like, you know, Christmas. So, um, yes, we even did that in the pandemic. It was not cheap. But we felt like we were, you know, blessing ourselves as well as Italy. So I have something to ask you. As someone who's been to Venice, um, both of us have, and you talk about Meredith. So the question, Gordy Gordy Deal and I talked about this, about atmosphere. So you could be drinking a $5 bottle of wine in Venice and it tastes better. Then when you go home and you buy bring that same five bottle of wine home, I'm sorry, it doesn't taste the same. Did that wine taste the same? No, no. I know the exact. Everything tastes better, and they'll give you the table wine in Italy. And it used to be free, by the way, but oh. now it's like five dollars. Of course, like everything said, they gotta make it's money. In like a jug, it's in a jug, and it just—it's like the never-ending jug, and it tastes like this, you know, seventy-five dollar, hundred-dollar bottle of like rich, you know, a big red. And it's—I'll just keep doing the table wine. It is—I don't know what it is—the bread, everything. everything. And I have food allergies. <laughs> I go to Italy, eat everything, not, not a problem. It's it. Uh, I'm telling you, they do magical. something right. It's, it's like fantastic. Alice in Wonderland, there. Yeah, it's Wonderland. All right. Well, you know, Tina, <laughs> this has been. I could go on and on. We could do this for hours. Uh, we'd probably bore our uh, the people to tears. But you and I. I mean, I, I missed you. It's been so long. We should so do this again. Long. My best yes. to the family, to Kevin. I mean, I, I. I feel like I communicate with you guys on facebook and twitter but twitter, it's not the yeah. instagram there's too many social medias by the way but Go i on. yeah i try to promote the show <laughs> meanwhile you could like lens burning bush on facebook at lens burning bush right and you can yeah. also follow me on twitter 
Uh, I, I tweeted out something yesterday. It was kind of funny um, that uh, Keith Richards had a, posted a picture that he's alive and well, doing well. Okay. I said that the, the end of the world was coming. We got to make sure we clean it up for Keith Richards because he's going to be left. Because um, that's kind of the what it is, right, Keith Richards? Um, but he is, yeah, him and Betty White will be the two remaining uh, people. God bless, right? Absolutely. So follow Lens Burning Bush at Lens Burning Bush on Twitter. You can listen on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, iHeart. I mean, it's on all the places, right? We we try, we try. But uh, Tina, thank you so much. It's Thank been, you for uh, having me, Lenny. Great to talk to you. Tell yeah. your wife I said hello. I will. I will. And your kids are like all up and uh, old. That's really sweet. Twenty and yeah, twenty and wow. seventeen. I'm, I'm, you know, wow. the age is it's amazing. Uh, I, but I have told people this. I'm ready for them. You know, some people get upset when they leave the nest. I'm like, you know, I'm done. You know, they, I, I, I you know, it, I certainly want to see them, but. From a distance. I, from so a distance. at 40 yeah. years old now, I hang out with my parents more than my friend. Well, plus yeah. it's this whole pandemic thing, and at least yeah. I know they're healthy. I've been tested the whole nine yards. So we're nowhere good. It's like the family quarantine. I, I went out last night with my parents. We like, had a blast. Yeah. We went out. We had like after dinner espresso at my house. I hang out with them more than I ever did my whole life. I was well, like, I wish you were this cool when I was 17. Well, see, that's the problem, though. You yeah. you, you can't be your kid's friend until like they're in their 30s. <laughs> That's yeah. the rules. But everybody wants to be their kid's friend when they're younger, and that's what screws it up. And that's why yeah. Aunt Becky's going to jail. Right there. <laughs> She's going to jail. That's why Aunt Becky's going to jail. Hard, you you, you, you try too years. hard. And, uh, you know, have mercy on Aunt Becky, right? Have mercy. <laughs> that's all we got to say. But thanks, Tina Servacio. Uh, thanks for listening. I'll be back again with another episode of Lens Burning Bush next week. So long.